Sports fans, hang those team jerseys or other collectibles in style with help from the guys at thesportdisplays.com as they have you covered. Thesportdisplays.com. Hang it, display it, or show it off with the jersey mount. The jersey mount is an affordable, easy to install, and kick-ass way to decorate your man cave, dorm, home, or office. Went to a totally badass concert and want to show off some of your memorabilia? Yeah, the Jersey Mount can help you with that. Or how about that wrestling pay-per-view event or live show you recently went to and you want to show off that wrestling collectible in style? The Jersey Mount can help you with that. Or you want to represent your favorite sports team? The Jersey Mount has you covered. Installation is so fast and so easy. And the best part, you won't damage your wall. Pick up your jersey mount today over at thesportdisplays.com. Hang it, display it, or show it off with the jersey mount at thesportdisplays.com. Get yours today at thesportdisplays.com. Thesportdisplays.com. One more time, thesportdisplays.com. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. It is your host, David McKay Jr., bringing you a special combined edition of the Game Sports Show featuring Strike Zone and Top Shelf. And firstly, we're going to be going into the Strike Zone edition, technically episode five still, season two, and I'm joined by Connor Henderson, the one and only Connor Henderson is what I should say, pardon me. Connor, my friend, how's it going? Doing great, Dave. Can't wait to chat about some hot playoff action coming up. Oh, literally hot playoff action. Now, people are going to wonder, what? Hot playoff action? Wait, hold on. MLB is not near playoffs. Well, it kind of is. It's not too far out. But that's actually not what we're going to talk about in terms of playoff action. Let's get to the agenda with Strike Zone. Very simple. We're going to get into some local love. Now, for those who are outside of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, you're going to be like, ah, well, am I going to turn down the volume? No, trust me. You do not want to turn down the volume. We always got great electrifying content. But So we're going to get into some local Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario baseball, the features around the league in terms of Sioux Ball through SiouxBall.com. And we're going to get to the men's league, the T-Gem Pandas team. Yes, we'll get to that as well. We'll get into the MLB. Lots to get into the wild card, the race, the around the league, Joey Votto, Fernando Tatis, the Tigers, the Jays, all sorts of goodies to get into myself and Connor Will. And we have about 15 to 18 minutes and we're just about a minute in already. And there's a lot to get to. So we're going to dive right into it. And I must remind listeners, hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the Game Sports Show platforms, in particular the T-Gem Network YouTube channel. Let me tell you, T-Gem is going to be coming in hot, even more so going into the end of 2022 and upcoming for 2023. A full new list of sponsors for both the Game Sports Show and T-Gem will be released uh, later on this month or going into September as well. So lots of great things coming in terms of sponsors, shows, Oh, this content that we have is absolute fire. And I am joined not only by Connor, but a great team with the Game Sports Show and T-Gem and all of the content providers. If you're doing a podcast, reach out to me. Your content can be put on T-Gem. Be a part of the local T-Gem podcast community. What better? Everyone coming together. It's the way it should be. Connor, let's talk baseball. Local baseball for that fact. All right. I want to start off first. Not going to T-Gem panics first. I don't want to start too hot. With that, I want to go with the SueBall.com. Now, why am I going to SueBall.com? Well, go check that out, all right, because there's a lot you can get into there. League sites from junior T-ball all the way down to fall baseball, even 18 plus, anything you can think of. They also have some latest news on there. 2023 Sioux Black Sox coaching applications are on there. That was just posted on August 12th. And it even shows the amount of people that are viewing. There's over almost 400 views on there already. So people are interested. There's under nines, under 11s, the 13 U's, the 15 U's, the 18 U's. There's coaching opportunities available. So if you are interested in coaching, there you are. And playoff schedules are posted for all the leagues as well, including the 18 plus league as well and the 18 and under black Sox win the limited lakers invitational that was back on august the 9th uh so there's all the news on suitball.com that you require is exactly what i'm saying and even you can go to the left of the screen manage subscriptions sign up to receive email or text messages from the teams you want to follow <laughs> text messages and emails if you can't click on a computer you got a phone beside you all day you got your email 
I know I got an email. You can get all the notifications that you desire. And the playoffs are underway for all the leagues. And Connor, you know, you've been a part of the, the Black Sox organization as a player. You've assisted on the coaching side. And obviously this year you're taking a backseat uh, and more so observing the game while you were in the Sioux this summer before you uh, moved uh, officially out of town. You know, it's, it's a, the season goes by quick for baseball. Truthfully, when you think about it, you compare it to other leagues here in Sault Ste. Marie and even throughout Canada, Ontario, United States, anywhere. Baseball seems like a shorter season for the youth and uh, you compare it to hockey or if you compare it to basketball, soccer, football in particular, especially from the United States, baseball seems like a little bit of a shorter year, doesn't it? Especially in Northern Ontario. And it puts our teams at a disadvantage in general, insofar as we have shorter times outdoors on the fields because we have long winters with tons of snow and teams down south get to get on their fields and start their schedules much earlier. But on the you know, positive end, um, the, the great part of having all these different uh, sporting communities in the Sioux is you get a lot of athletes with a lot of different skills. And when they do dabble in baseball and, you know, give it a shot, a lot of hand-eye from hockey, strength from football, coordination from basketball, all those sorts of cross-training uh, that's super important for kids who are younger can translate that into baseball and, uh, you know, let those talents show on the field. So it's a little give and take when it comes to our communities up north. Let me ask you, I know this probably warrant a longer conversation, but you, we have a lot of American listeners, of course. You listen, if you have anyone looks at our analytics, you've got obviously local region, but you look at Southern Ontario, absolutely. Then you check out the uh, Michigan side, especially uh, that there's a lot of listeners. So the United States and Canada invade are listening, but also we've touched all corners of the globe, which is cool. But the reason why I bring up that is the United States baseball and football, right? Like you got football <laughs> you compare it to here in Canada uh, you know we had our recent high school team here in Sioux Ontario Cora Colts played in Sioux or sorry in Michigan this past year and uh, they played a very competitive team uh, and so I want to ask about baseball Connor if you and saying truthfully are is Canada truthfully in terms of youth baseball are they way behind still when it comes to baseball or is there, or is it, is it hard to compare? And I'm not sitting here to say, okay, we're not putting down the black Sox or any other team. No, 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 no. I'm just comparing where America is in terms of development for their teams. Cause obviously they have more options in comparison to Canada in general, because Canada is growing the game quite significantly uh, over the past few years. Yeah. I'd say the gap is getting smaller by, by the year, but it's it's slow moving. And other sports like basketball and soccer in Canada hmm. are closing those skill gaps with the United States much faster yeah. because they're easier for kids to pick up um, who've who've immigrated oftentimes into Canada and are, are you know new to the the country and the community. A sport like basketball that's often run through high schools um, is is sometimes easier to get kids involved in. Um, but baseball's great. Uh, it's one of the cheaper sports, especially in Sault Ste. Marie, um, compared to sports like hockey, where your gear alone will cost you more than your entire season will in, in baseball. Thank um, that's, that's one of the great things that, that baseball does uh, in, in Canada and especially up north. Definitely. Now, and you've, you've been a part of Sioux Ball. They have a great website. They're really well put together. They have been, and there's been a lot of upkeep and renovations to the, the new ball field. And speculation occurs that there'll be a new scoreboard there for the next uh, men's open game. Uh, so it, it's been, it's a, it's a continuous improvement that they have had. So lots of playoff action. I can get into a lot. Connor, I don't know if you want to give any special love to any particular team. So I'll give you a moment to do that in just a second um, in terms of maybe potential schedules or updates uh, that you would know more potentially than myself, but they can find all the information they require on the, on the website and it's well posted and well communicated uh, and it is improving with that, but we have some good teams and it is playoff season in, in baseball and all of Ontario, but in particular, we're talking about Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, absolutely. I think the website can do a better job at laying out the schedule than, than I can, so I'll defer to them. But in the meantime, be sure to go down to the field, check it out, get involved, and have some fun. 
summertime is almost over. It's already at the end of August, almost people. So get out and enjoy baseball while we can. But now speaking of this still, I want to transition to the men's open because a couple of reasons. One, the game sports show used to sponsor the men's league team that was in the 18 over because yours truly and yourself, Connor, were on the team. And we transitioned the name this year from the Game Sports Show Renegades to the T-Gem Pandas. So the Game Entertainment and Media Pandas. And we've had some good years over the past four years and some years where we're under 500 and we made the finals a couple of years and didn't win. The T-Gem Pandas ended the year based on my calculation. I know people are going to message me if I'm incorrect, uh, but 12 and two on the season. Uh, and that's, and there was a couple of games that were canceled uh, that didn't end up getting rescheduled because of the crunch for schedule. Pretty good season. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty good season for the Pandas. And we've actually had a couple players that have signed with the Sioux College team here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, because they're now doing a Sioux College team. Uh, and we have a very good core of young guys and a little bit older. So it seems like a TGM Pandas dynasty might be uh, in the future, as long as the men's open league continue to get uh, teams. Uh, there were four teams this year, three technically in the 18 over them. We had the uh, 15 under uh, Black Sox in there that were great ball players. man. The future looks bright. They have really good players on that team. And the, the TGM Pandas finishing first playoff action starts. Uh, for the T-Gem Pandas and in the Men's Open League. And getting to that, I'll say the schedule quickly because there's three games. Starting on Monday, August 22nd, the T-Gem Pandas will be playing the Donuts and all the games are 7.30 starts. Uh, Thursday, August 25th against the Hellcats. And then on Monday, August 29th, they'll be against the Hellcats. Uh, I, sorry, the, August 25th is actually Hellcats against the Donuts. My apologies. And then Monday, August 29th is, is the Pandas against the Hellcats. So so again, the Donuts and Pandas on the 22nd, Hellcats and Donuts on the 25th, and then you have the Pandas and Hellcats on the 29th is a schedule that was released, and uh, the games are 7.30 starts. Thursday, September 1st is the championship game as they do a round-robin type scenario for the three teams. And the TGM Pandas go in their first place, their favorites to win this year, which is obviously great. But even the averages, Connor, I want to get into everyone on the Pandas was absolutely hot this year. Ashley Hoff, who was uh, the, arguably one of the top players, if not the top player on the TGM Pandas, who was actually going to be out for the remainder of the season due to a hand contusion, I would like to call it, finished the season with a 640 average and one home run and he had 21 RBIs and 16 hits in nine games. Hoff went off. Uh, Brad Gerhardt had a 515 average. Uh, JJ Bergman, who is a very good ball player known locally, 467 average. And the list goes down. Now, this is the first year I didn't finish in the top five but I still finished with a 364 average. And for me to fit finish in the middle core of the team, that explains a first place team and how it is. Our lowest average on the team was a 276. What does that tell you? That, that, that shows you that the TGM Pandas went off and pitching was hot all around. And even Connor, I want to get into the, the pitching. Speaking of pitching, yours truly went in for the season finale Pitched three strong innings, a couple strikeouts, and one hit baseball on an 18 to three route of the TGM Pandas going over the donuts. But I went in there and I wish you could have been there to see it, my friend. But there's the stats, there's the playoff schedule, there's everything that people want to know about the 18 over league. Get out and watch it and come check out the TGM Pandas. They're hot, eh, Connor? It's just great. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really great to, to see you guys finally succeed now that I've left the team. Um, I th think, is this your first ever pennant? Um, um, yeah, this is the first one, the first first place finish of the team. Yeah. I'm going to get a banner, Dave. <laughs> See, and people were chirping the game sport, changing the name to TGM Pandas. And look what happens when you switch to the Pandas. First place, rolling into first place. Got to love it. Gotta love it. But I wish you were there to see the pitching matchup, Connor. I wish you were there to see that. I, that was for you, that pitching out of me. Aww. Pitching three strong innings. Four years ago, I would have laughed in your face saying that. Well, you know, I appreciate it uh, that, that you want me to see that, Dave. I, I like to see you succeed. It's fun. Uh, I love when you get the boys fired up, and uh, I'm, I'm glad it's going well.
That's great. That's great. And believe it or not, each inning that went off because it was a no hitter till the third. I didn't talk to anybody. I kept it serious as a joke. <laughs> I kept it serious as a joke, jumping over the line on the field. It was, it was fun. Uh, it's the season's been great, but we've already eaten up 12 and a half minutes. I just want everyone, I wanted to give a lot of local love, um, you know, Sioux college Cougars doing a team. Now baseball's growing here in the Sioux. The men's league is great. If you're interested in sign up, reach out to me. I'll help you defer. If you're interested to play, I'll help you anything that's helped continue to grow uh, baseball here in Sioux St. Marie and in all communities. If you're from out of Sault Ste. Marie, whatever we can do to help, I will, or any suggestions, we will. But baseball is a very enjoyable sport in the summer, so make sure you get out and start swinging those bats. Major League Baseball, Connor, we got a good chunk to get into in such a short time, so let's get into it. I'm going to just go around with a little bit of an update. Currently, we're here recording August the 17th at 6.54 p.m. The division leaders in the AL, you got Houston, the Yankees, and Cleveland. In the NL, you got the Dodgers, Mets, and Cards. Uh, for wildcard teams, Seattle, Tampa, Toronto, and then you got Atlanta, Philly, and the Padres on the other side with people knocking on the door, such as Minnesota, Baltimore, the White Sox, and the AL, and you got Milwaukee and San Fran, sort of. San Fran knocking on the door on the NL. I think the NL is a little bit more of a spread out speed in terms of a uh, uh, spread, sorry, than the AL is in terms of the wildcard getting a little bit congested. Is it on the AL wildcard teams and around the league, there was games today, day games. The Jays had a hot inning near the, uh, the sixth, seventh inning, big innings out of stripling had a no hitter going into a seventh inning. And then Garcia goes in big strikeout. Then a couple runs Espinal and Springer contributing. Uh, it was Springer getting his 1000 head. The Jays walk away with the wind to try to secure, uh, try to stay in uh, within the wild card. Because if they would have lost, they would have been on the outside looking in today. As Seattle's been winning games and the Jays have been losing, they've been hot and cold, which is really bad. And you lose three out of four to Baltimore. That's not good. Baltimore's not an easy win anymore, but still a tough. Uh, tough series as they go against the Yankees who have not been hot. So that's also a little bit scary for the Jays going into New York. Uh, the Yankees are two and eight as Toronto goes into there. Uh, so it's a lot going on in terms of the league, in terms of the AL. And I'll say quickly with Toronto, I'm not going to sit here and say, I told you so. I think that this team is going to make the playoffs squeak in. I don't know what place. I hope it's first for the sake of being able to host, but their pitching is just not good enough um, in terms of mostly the bullpen. I, I think Barrios, if he can find his game, Manoa and Gosman, they can win you a wild card game and potentially a series, but in the, deeper runs of the playoffs. You really got to lean on that bullpen and some of the bottom of the rotation uh, to potentially get some of those longer innings. And the Jays just don't have that depth. It seems like with Ryu and Kikuchi being God awful. Uh, I think Kikuchi needs to be a long reliever and the hitting needs to be a bit more consistent. Sure. But the pitching is definitely an area of concern, especially when you're going to walk in to Houston or Yankee stadium in a playoff game with Aaron judge swinging the bat, the way he is just the way Houston plays cheating or not. That is a good ball team over there in Houston, Cleveland, dark horse, good team over there too. So Connor, I think you'll agree. The Jays pitching may not be good enough to win. And if you look at the NL, I'm not going to dive in too much there, but watch out for San Diego, despite what's going on with Tatis, uh, whoever plays San Diego on that wild card, or <laughs> I think it'd be very hard to see not San Diego uh, come out of that wild card team, but crazier things have happened. Atlanta is still a solid ball team, but Toronto, Connor, they're not looking too promising on that pitching end to succeed in the postseason. No, and it sucks too because guys like Kikuchi, I mean, you know, they um, they gave him about as much money as the Edmonton Oilers gave uh, Connor McDavid on a per annual salary basis, but it just uh, unfortunately, um, you know, it, it's just not paying off. So we'll have to see if they can, uh, you know, pull a rabbit out of their hat and make a nice run here. But it's looking pretty thin right now. Definitely. And you got to get into the playoffs, even though speaking of it, and they got to make up something there very quickly. And they should have did more when I see teams like Minnesota getting Lopez or Iglesias moving on and some of the Tigers relievers that they could have gotten that would have really helped the Jays. And that still bothers me to this day, but good luck to the Jays as they go into New York uh, going into the weekend. Connor, we have Votto Tatis and the Tigers GM to get into. Um, let's, let's go to the Tigers first. Uh, I'll let you talk about the Tigers briefly. All right, so this is not as pressing news as the Open League playoff run. I'm going to warn everybody right now. But the Detroit Tigers have fired longtime GM, seven years, Alavila. He's gone. See ya. Um, I just wanted to quickly note here some of his worst uh, moves before we quickly transition to uh, Tatis. Uh, here are the worst dids. He did trade G.D. Martinez for Dowell Lugo, who... 
Sergio, uh, Sergio Alcantara, who? Jose King, who? <laughs> the best hitting deadline acquisition in the history of baseball went the other way. I think he hit 30 home runs post-trade deadline that season. It was ridiculous. All right. Uh, second worst did. Justin Verlander trade. Three mm. prospects coming back. One has Tommy John. The other hasn't pitched in three years. And the third one's a uh, fringe outfielder. The worst didn't. He didn't trade Mike Fulmer in 2017, coming off of his rookie uh, of the year pitching performance and all-star appearance, even though the team was heading into a rebuild. Why were you holding on to him? He didn't trade Matthew Boyd, who was at the top of his game three or so years ago when the window was available, even though we hadn't come close to finishing the rebuild. And worst of all, the prospect development that we've been waiting for over the greater part of this last half decade has resulted in a couple burnout first round draft pick pitchers. Uh, the only one who's been consistently successful, Tarek Skubal, wasn't even a highly touted prospect move uh, from Alavila in the first place. You could almost attribute it more to luck than skill. And Spencer Torkelson had to get sent down to AAA because they probably brought him up too quickly. There goes Alavila. There goes my hopes and dreams. Uh, it's been fun. Seven years without a playoffs for Alavila and the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, you entered into a rebuild, but you bring up a good point about Falmer. And even this year's trade deadline, they could have moved a bit more arms uh, to even to get something for nothing, uh, basically. And I feel like the Tigers uh, didn't do that. It was effective immediately. Bye-bye. See you later. Uh, so it's very, very interesting to see who they might bring in. Is there any rumors, Connor, quickly about who that might be replacing him? Or does that still be a TBD? Yeah, this is TBD for now. Mm. Maybe you and I. Just kidding. No, that's not, uh, that's not a thing. You got Tatis and Votto. I'm actually going to go to Votto first before Tatis. And I'm going to say quickly, Joey Votto is going to have season-ending rotator cuff surgery. And I bring that up in terms of news. We don't bring up a whole bunch of news on the show besides the updates on uh, teams and standings. But he's, it's he was the – he just – he's 38 years old. He recently played his 1,989th game, was sent a new Canadian record. He's been batting 205 this year, 11 home runs, 41 RBIs, over 91 games, 16th season with the machine, uh, the Cincinnati Reds. He's the Toronto native, selected second round in 02, okay? And he's won the MVP in 2010. He's in 324, uh, like in terms of, um, has gone on to make six all-star appearances while he's winning the National League MVP award, hitting 327, 37 homers, and 113 RBIs over 150 games, uh, is what I mentioned there, and that's as per TSN. For his career, sorry, he's batting 297, 342 home runs. So very impressive numbers does Joey Votto, and he's going to be missing uh, the remainder of the year. And he had a very good quote on the field of Dree's game where he had a, gave love to his father. Uh, so it was a very, he was picturing playing catch uh, with his father out there, much like the Field of Dreams uh, movie. Very good quote, but Dory Votto going down sad, but he just passed for the Canadian record uh, for games played. That is so cool to see. And a lot of love for Canada here on the show a lot today. Finally, Fernando Tatis, Connor, take it away. Well, Dave, we got another <laughs> scandal. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, we kidding me on the game sports show. Another scandal on strike zone. We love it. Let's go. We almost went two full episodes without getting one. Ladies and gents, Fernando Tatis gets dinged on PEDs. Now there's some conflicting stories. I think you've got a few headlines teed up. Um, his dad has a wild claim, Dave. Did, do, you, do you have that one pulled up? I sure do. As per TMZ, 48 hours ago, as per this recording or from this recording, Fernando Tatis, his junior's dad, which his dad's name is Fernando Tatis, fun fact, says fungus from a haircut led to his positive PED test. Okay. Talk about one sharp fade, Dave. They cut him right out of the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually laughing at that. That's that's good. I like that one sharp ball made, man. Thank you. Uh, David Ortiz, MLB needs to have some regulations before they made public lose like that one to Tatis Jr. I think they have handled the situation the right way. We can't kill our product. We're talking about an amazing player. That was for that was David Ortiz, the one and only. I'm not bringing that uh, comment out to Twitter. You have 
Uh, and for now, Tatis blasts the MLB because it's a catastrophe for baseball. And it goes on. Sure, whatever it may be, will be. He might have, I believe he's going to be appealing the suspension. I'm not too sure. I don't have that for sure down. But uh, there's either way, uh, people are saying on oh, steroids, BD, it's his haircut, it's his water that he had in Sandy. Who knows what the story may be, but it's going to be interesting uh, what happens there. But uh, I do have a clip from Twitter uh, that is a video that was sent by Connor, uh, and I will be playing it as we go to break uh, before we bring in. Uh, hopefully, Dane Hantro is going to be joining us for our top shelf edition. If not, it's going to be yours truly. But nonetheless, we'll have a nice clip there uh, for uh, from what Alex Rodriguez said, which I'm sure everybody has heard already or saw. But why not hear it? Because it's going to be good content overall. So. Connor, for now, Tatis is going to be gone 80 games, though. Big loss for the Padres. It's sad, especially considering they loaded up big time. They're your team. Your second team. No, your your third team. Your third team. I remembered. Chicago Cubs is your number two. Yeah, I don't really talk about the Cubbies, but uh, as everyone knows, I like one team, one team only, but I've had a sweet spot for the Cubbies and Padres my whole life because they haven't been winners. Uh, so that, that I like the under, I like the teams that don't succeed a lot. And the MLB, the show 22 for PS five. Where's that studio from San Diego. They produce some good ball game action. That is fantastic. EA should take some notes on how to do NHL for that. Or maybe it should stop investing their money into too much into FIFA or, and maybe spend the same into NHL. Cause okay. I'm talking video games. Now we're going to stick to baseball strike zone Padres are in trouble now with Tatis being gone, but they made some good moves in the deadline to hopefully balance that out. But to be missing Fernando Tatis, that's unfortunate. Very young superstar. But Connor, I'll say quickly before we go, when he got yelled at from his teammates after hitting that big home run, I understand it was an asshole move, but I almost feel like he's never been the same in terms of his attitude. Uh, and you got guys like Jonathan Papelbon who were who ripped into Fernando Tatis, actually. I won't say that comment. It's worth the Google, NBC Sports, Jonathan Papelbon. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. That's why I had to say it. Uh, but again, it's, it's hard to see the young stars in baseball uh, go through this. But I feel like Tatis hasn't been uh, the same, but he's having a pretty good year. So a very unfortunate uh, for the Padres superstar who just signed a very long-term deal with San Diego to be there probably for the remainder of his career. Connor, yeah, he, got the, he got the bag, Dave. Now, now, like whatever he's doing now, he, he can get off of. He's he got his money. So Oh, he got his money. All right. He got his money. Maybe he can send a little bit over to me and T-Jam in the game sports show. You know what I'm saying? I'd love that. Send that on over. Okay. Send that on over. 23 years old. Oh, the guy is born January 2nd, 1999. He's eight years younger than I am. 23 years old, making millions of dollars. And true or not with the PEDs, just don't even go near it. Cut your own hair if it was the hair. I don't care. Buzz it. You don't even need to cut your hair. You have a bun all the time, Tatis. My goodness. Anyways, Connor, strike zone. We're hitting the time limit. We went about five minutes overdue, which is usually better than normal <laughs> for us. So, Connor, it's been a pleasure touching base with you here today on Strike Zone. We're going to do it again. Uh, it'll be after Labor Day as we get into the postseason push. Sounds great, Dave. Can't wait to see you then. Awesome. So we're going to go to break, but before we go to break, we will have that clip uh, that I promised you. And then of course, some uh, quick little message or maybe two, whatever time allows. Cause we don't like to have too long commercials here on the game sports show. TJ, I'm here to listen to a pot to a podcast. We don't want to do a lot of that, but we got to love to our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to have strike zone. It seems like it will be just yours truly uh, for strike or uh, sorry for top shelf. My apologies. Uh, but hopefully Dane gets a message to me before that. If not, you get to hear my voice more here on the Game Sports Show, combined edition of Strike Zone and Top Shelf. Do not go anywhere. Sports fans, hang those team jerseys or other collectibles in style with help from the guys at thesportdisplays.com as they have you covered. Thesportdisplays.com. Hang it, display it, or show it off with the jersey mount. The jersey mount is an affordable, easy-to-install, and kick-ass way to decorate your man cave, dorm, home, or office. Went to a totally badass concert and want to show off some of your memorabilia? Yeah, the Jersey Mount can help you with that. Or how about that wrestling pay-per-view event or live show you recently went to and you want to show off that wrestling collectible in style? The Jersey Mount can help you with that. Or you want to represent your favorite sports team? The Jersey Mount has you covered. Installation is so fast and so easy. And the best part, you won't damage your wall. 
Pick up your jersey mount today over at thesportdisplays.com. Hang it, display it, or show it off with the jersey mount at thesportdisplays.com. Get yours today at thesportdisplays.com. Thesportdisplays.com. One more time, thesportdisplays.com. All right, Dave, chill, 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 chill. Let me just say something real quick. Everybody should go follow living.sisu. So living.sisu and download our new app for unreal discounts on sports equipment. That's it, man. All right, I'm done. You can go on with your show, Dave. Hi, this is Joe Bowen, and you're listening to the Game Sports Show from Sault Ste. Marie. Welcome back to the Game Sports Show. It is your host, David McCaig Jr., bringing you the top shelf edition of the game sports show. This is actually technically season two, episode 15, the season finale of top shelf. Now, before I get into the edition, I just want to say that Dane Hantro did actually do a recording with yours truly for approximately a half hour. And unfortunately uh, we were unable to retrieve that recording. So we did have somebody joining yours truly. However, it will be just Yours truly for this edition doing a re-recording of Top Shelf. And I promise I will get into everything that we did talk about, Dane and I. And it will be a bit more brief, of course, since you will have just the one voice. Now, before I get into the topics that we'll be discussing here on Top Shelf, I want to just let listeners know that I did ask Dane a pretty interesting question. Uh, Goku or Superman? Who would win in a fight? And Dane did pick Goku for that fight. And I'm going to have to say that I agree. And we did discuss some Dragon Ball Z memories. Now, what does that have to do with hockey? Absolutely nothing. But we like to talk about random points to begin a segment here on the show. So comment below on what you think. I'd be very interested to know uh, who you think would win that fight. But now I'm going to transition to our topics. We're going to get into something related to uh, the Edmonton Oilers. We're going to get into some World Juniors. NHL updates, and uh, I'm going to give a little bit of a delayed reaction with the Calgary Flames and the Florida Panthers trade uh, before we wrap up the Top Shelf segment here. And we're going to do it in about 7 to 10 minutes here on Top Shelf. And as I mentioned, I did do a lengthy recording with Dane, but unfortunately we were unable to retrieve that recording, so you do have just yours truly here. Make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the Game Sports Show and TGM platforms, including the TGM Network YouTube channel. Now... Oh, get into the Edmonton Oilers. They had an unfortunate passing with uh, Ben Sittler. Uh, very tragic. It's just not fair. Uh, life is just not fair. And for the entire season, Ben was a lucky charm for the Edmonton Oilers. And Dane did get into a lot of detail that I can't completely recall, but points that I do recall that were very touching with that is that... Ben was a big part in their run throughout this entirety of the season, their rebound, but as well as getting to the conference finals against the Colorado Avalanche. And as I mentioned, with Ben being such a big part of the Edmonton Oilers, there has to be a tribute given to Ben this year. And the tribute, I think, shouldn't just be a a patch, a name on the helmet. I think they should get into having his initials, his name behind the net, perhaps his name in the stands, perhaps also the patch or a, a number on the back of their helmet in terms of, a, uh, of a, just a random zero zero then Ben or uh, perhaps a favorite number that he wore uh, to the game if he did tell Connor what number he would wear besides wearing his. Ben was a loved in Edmonton and loved by the hockey community. And I brought up a point in the conversations in the previous recording that a hockey community is so strong. And it doesn't matter if you're Canadian, American, if you're from Europe uh, or wherever you may be from, people may wonder why, you know, people get emotional for even potentially somebody that they did not know personally. It doesn't matter. You would be, an absolute ludicrous of a personality and person to absolutely think that this isn't a sad story and you wouldn't be touched by it. But the hockey community community is such a strong bind and such a strong bond that you can't unbreak. And 
everything with Ben is so touching and so sad to see what life, the cards that life dealt him. But what he did provide to the Oilers and his attitude and the La Bamba baby, uh, I imagine that voice will be echoing throughout the entirety of the arena at Edmonton this year. And I just hope the Edmonton Oilers do more than just a basic type of tribute. They go a little bit above and beyond uh, for somebody who loved the Oilers and was truthfully a lucky charm. And I'm just scared to see what the Oilers are going to do in tribute of this as players this season for uh, in tribute to Ben. Ben was, uh, it was a very sad story to hear and read. You can listen to all the videos that they did. But the Edmonton Oilers had a very nice tribute that I shared on our Instagram page. And through our social medias, uh, you can check out the Edmonton Oilers Instagram page. It was a nice uh, minute-plus-long uh, tribute to Ben and his contributions to uh, the Edmonton Oilers and just how much he is loved by not only the Oilers and the Oilers community, the Edmonton community, Alberta, but just throughout all of Canada, all of hockey, and the world. Uh, he will truthfully be missed. Transferring over to the World Juniors, the World Juniors, it is an absolute awful time to be running the World Junior Hockey Tournament. Despite having to make up for it, I kind of wish it just would have completed the tournament when it was going on. It was more engaging. But as of right now, you have the World Juniors going on. You have Sweden and Finland who are going on to the semifinals. They await uh, the Canada game uh, as well as uh, the United States who are playing Cheka. Uh, very games that are going to be going on this evening. Right now it is 8.27 p.m. on August the 17th. And... We'll be fine out by tomorrow, August 18th, likely by the time you hear this podcast or even going into tomorrow night, August the 18th p.m. You will know who the semifinals are and who are playing what. But I've been obviously keeping track with Canada. I wish I've watched it a little bit more. But when it's summertime, I'm thinking about being on the boat. I'm thinking about being enjoying uh, the summertime weather while I still can. And summer's already coming to a close. And even the rinks in Edmonton, there haven't been amazing sellouts or anything. Uh, I know it's just the round robin quarterfinals and stuff like that. But this is still very competitive hockey. And why the World Juniors are running at this current time, despite and continuing what was, they truthfully shouldn't have done that. They should have either continued what it was, when it was, or they should have just let it be and move on to when it comes back in November. And I, tr- or sorry, in December. And I truthfully think they'll never do something like this again in the summer. <laughs> but Mason McTavish and Connor Bedard have been literally running the ship uh, for the World Junior Hockey Championships. And truthfully speaking, Mason McTavish is an absolute mammoth out there. And as Dane said in the previous recording, if he doesn't make the Anaheim Ducks this year, that is just ludicrous. He is making that team. And Connor Bedard will be a top pick. Never mind Mitchkoff or anything as such. Connor Bedard will be the number one pick in this upcoming draft. And it's scary to think what he's going to be doing at the upcoming World Juniors when he plays this year. Uh, But lots of hockey going on in terms of the World Juniors. Check it out. Still very good to watch. But why they're writing it in terms of the viewership being lower than it's ever been. I like the project. I like the attempt. But we have definitely been shown how it wouldn't work. And it's in a community of Canada. It's in Edmonton. Rogers. It's at the Rogers Arena. (laughs) That's where it's at right now. And it's not been popular. I would like to know if you've been following the World Juniors. Make sure you comment below uh, if you have. And I want to touch briefly on the World Junior uh, Championships uh, previously in 2018 uh, for the Canadian team with the controversy. I won't dive into this too much. It's been talked about on the news a lot. You can just give it a simple Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google search, wherever you want. And I just hope the higher powers that are in place of Hockey Canada right now get an absolute shakeup. I think they should be ashamed of themselves. The, the individuals running Hockey Canada Canada. They've been continuing. They've been pushing. They've been deflecting. It's an absolute joke what happened in, in the World Juniors at that time. And I can get into a bit more personal details about certain things, but I certainly would not. And I think the team, there's a lot of players that are guilty that haven't been shown yet. Will it ever come to fruition? Who knows? But ultimately, whoever was involved, whatever it may have been, I hope they get what they got coming to them. I hope they get what they deserve. I hope they never play a game in the National Hockey League. And if they have played a game in the National Hockey League, that they get suspended, if not terminated from the National Hockey League uh, for the remainder of their career. As much as severe as that may sound, it's truthfully not. When you either ruin somebody's life or for the inappropriate conduct that was conducted by these young men uh, while at the representing the world juniors our country of canada it is atrocious and the powers that be at world canada should be uh, for hockey canada sorry should be ashamed of themselves 
and it needs time for a shakeup, and it needs to be changed at Hockey Canada. Get the youth in there. Get both male and female leaders in there. Change up what Hockey Canada is, because let me tell you, taking this from Dane Hancho in the previous recording that I've mentioned a few times that we do not have, unfortunately, he would not be supporting Hockey Canada if this continues, and nor would I. Never mind the situation continuing. What we mean by that is those who are running Hockey Canada, we do not want to support. And I am getting to that point where I do not want to support them either. And you shouldn't either. It's a joke. It is sad. It is atrocious. I hope it gets dealt with, and I hope when it does get dealt with, all the truth comes to fruition and everyone gets what they got coming to them. And that's coming from a Can- Canadian re- citizen, Canadian hockey fan and someone who played hockey and rep- I did not represent Hockey Canada but we played within Hockey Canada we all played as one community and let me tell you because these some of these kids may be superstars or not superstars whatever it may be NHL players it doesn't give them the right to be any different than anybody else boom NHL updates gonna get some updates here do we have some Free agents are still available. Phil Kessel, you have P.K. Subban, but the one I want to talk about is Nazem Kadri. How Nazem Kadri is still available, I don't know if he's just waiting to get paid more, he's just enjoying summer, partying, whatever he's doing, but it always seems that it seems like it was going to be a contract with the New York Islanders. Then you hear about the Detroit Red Wings. Then you hear about the Calgary Flames. Oh, then he's resigning in Colorado. There's rumors, but it's still so quiet that it's abnormally silent. And what I mean by that is that has the fingerprint of Lou Lamorello all over that. To see Nazem Kadri join the Islanders, I think that makes sense. I think it's a fit. I think they're trying to move some salary cap space, a.k.a. Josh Bailey, to maybe sign him for the same if contract for a little bit more. Nazem Kadri is looking for north of seven million dollars he has earned it this year would i pay him north of seven and a half no i would not i truthfully still think he's six and a half and under but a lot of players be getting paid look at darnell nurse got nine million dollars and in the words of some other fans in particular dan hantrow himself you got to start living up to that contract so when you start paying a contract to sign as an extension as a team or a free agent that's the concern is that he hopefully that they're going to perform and the islanders you know they they have some room to wiggle to get some to to sign Kadri, but 31 years old at an eight-year contract would not be a, an option for them. Lou Lamorello doesn't like signing long-term deals. And that's probably what's even holding them back a little bit. Someone like Detroit Red Wings, same thing. But someone like Calgary, they wouldn't be shy to give a, to a long-term contract. Uh, so flat out going to say this. If they have someone who wants a long-term contract, Calgary Flames is where he'll end up. Short-term contract, it'll be between the New York Islanders and the Colorado Avalanche. Dark horse team, Florida Panthers. Saying it right now, Florida Panthers for Nazem Kadri. They moved out salary. They have some room. Call Giroux left. They want to still be competitive. Imagine Nazem Kadri in Florida playing in that top six. That would be pretty exciting and probably a good fit. And I'm sure he would like to contend against both Toronto and even Boston. And those who think he's going to Boston, don't be silly. Not going to have happen. P.K. Subban, Phil Kessel. I got to say, Phil Kessel's got to be destined for Edmonton. P.K. Subban, it just seems like it'd be a fit for the Ottawa Senators. And you have a lot of players that are still available. Braden Holpe is still available. You got Barrett Hayton, who's an RFA, but coincidentally enough, Rasmus Sandin's an RFA still. I'll get to that in just a few seconds. But you have Tyler Mott, guys who are still available. A lot of these guys are going to be signing for less money. They're still holding out, or they're going to be getting PTOs. Phil Kessel, destined for Edmonton. Going to say it right now. I think it just makes complete sense that he goes there. Brett Conley, another dark horse, could be a fourth-line player for a team, a playoff contending team. Why not the Pittsburgh Penguins? He could sign for cheaper money. Seems like it would be a fit. What do you say? Players that are left, where are they going? Why are they still there? Nazem Kadri, though, he's waiting out, and he can wait out. 80-plus points this year. Very good season. All-star, Stanley Cup champion. He should re-sign in Colorado if he wants to continue to win. But if he wants money, he's going to be knocking on the door of the Calgary Flames, potentially uh, also the New York Islanders. And like I said, Dark Horse team, the Florida Panthers. Watch out. To continue forward about the Rasmus Sandin and Barrett Hayton point that I mentioned, I've heard that maybe there's talks 
uh, of Jacob Chikrin going to Ottawa, and I'm going to get to that in just a few moments. But imagine if there was a trade that had Hayden and Chikrin go to the Toronto Maple Leafs that involved Rasmus Sandin and a package type deal. In a previous Top Shelf edition, I mentioned Nylander for Shifley as a deal, but it seems like Shifley will be starting in Winnipeg, and that's probably highly unlikely. Nor was that going to be ever straight up. Toronto would have to give up, I think, maybe a little bit more smaller deal because all Nylander has term and Shifley wouldn't have. But but back to the point I was talking about, Hayden and Sandine, there's been rumors that I've heard from reliable sources here locally uh, that potentially, and I mean locally within the Sault Ste. Marie Algoma region, but I've also heard this in, in towards the Toronto area, Sandine for Barrett Hayden if a contract can't get done. Sandine's one of their better, bet, younger defensive defensemen that can play both two-way defensive. I don't think Toronto gets rid of him. But it makes me shake my head, first off, because Sandine's a former hound. Barrett Hayden's a former hound. So it does make sense in that regard, but why would Dubas get rid of Sandine for Barrett Hayden? Wouldn't he rather get rid of Timothy Lilligren in a package deal for Barrett Hayden that way so he can keep a hound? So listen, those rumors that I'm hearing, that's absolutely silly. But Barrett Hayden in Toronto, I wouldn't pull it past Dubas. He loves his greyhounds. Why not, right? Why not add another one? We already have we already have a few on there. Why not add another one? I'm surprised Colin Miller didn't go there this year. But congratulations to Colin Miller going to Dallas. I think that was a great fit. Toronto, I won't get to, into too much of Toronto. Everyone knows I t- I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. I'm not going to talk about all Canadian teams here. I did talk about Edmonton. I briefly going to talk about Ottawa. I mentioned Winnipeg. I did mention teams in here, but I'm going to get into more detail about the Calgary trade in just a few moments, and I wanted to get more into Edmonton. But about Toronto, they're not done. They're still going to make some moves. I think some minor trades are going to get done, and some PTOs are going to be signed. Uh, that roster is not done. But if you see a standing for Hayden trade, I would laugh my ass off. Hayden going to Toronto in a deal, I would laugh my ass off. I wouldn't surprise me, though. But Toronto, truthfully, has not made their team better. To that, I'm not confident that they can defeat Tampa or Florida in a first-round series. Heck, maybe not even Boston. Bergeron signed for less. They got Krejci back. You got Zaka there. They made some good depth little moves in there. They are injury uh, this year. There are some injuries that they have with McAvoy and, and uh, of course, Marchand. But when they come back, they're going to be even more scarier. So if Boston can contain, they will be a little bit scarier. The goaltending's still good. There's still a team that can contend. The Atlantic is still looking very strong. Ottawa's getting stronger. Detroit's getting stronger. Buffalo eventually has got to click. Listen, Toronto did not improve their team yet to make themselves better, but there's still time left this summer. Calgary, Florida trade. I'll say right now, the trade with Uyghur and Huberto, what a great trade that was. Tree Living definitely bounced back after losing Goudreau to the Columbus Blue Jackets. We haven't really talked about that too much on this show, and too much extent. We did previously on the previous edition for our head scratchers title, but Goudreau and Kachuk, in the words of many men, members on the staff uh, of the Game Sports Show, chicken shits is what they're called. But Goudreau going to Columbus, what a head scratcher that was. But to Kachuk signing long-term in Florida. Long-term Florida looks like they might win because Huberdeau's a little bit older. But getting Huberdeau, getting Uyghur, getting the picks Calgary did, they did fantastic, especially re-signing Huberdeau long-term. I still think if they can, Monaghan moves over to LTIR, they can still use a center. I think Kadri be a perfect fit in Calgary to reignite and continue the, the, the Battle of Alberta. Gujo Kachuk leave because they're so afraid of playing Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl for many years to come in the playoffs. Gonna say it flat out right now. Back to what I was saying about Ottawa for a few seconds. Chikrin, he will end up potentially, where am I gonna say? I would love to say Toronto. I would even say LA. Dark Horse team, love my Dark Horse teams. Ottawa Senators, the rumors, I think Ottawa can offer a couple first round picks, not this year, the first next year and the year after, and they can throw in Nikita Zaitsev and Shane Pinto. That gets them a defenseman and potentially a younger player to go over there and play in Ottawa. Gets you that defenseman to replace, a young player to go in the top six, and future assets for a player that you're not going to be able to keep. They may have to throw in a little sweetener in there still as well. Not too sure if that would be required, but I think that may be enough to get Chikrin to go over to the Ottawa Senators. And if Ottawa gets Jake Chikrin, like I predict, or from what we're reading, it's going to be absolute bonkers in Ottawa. And that team is just getting better. And the Atlantic gets even better than what it was. God, Ottawa is going to be very exciting to watch very, very, very soon. I'm telling you right now, watch out. 
This is the last episode of the Top Shelf Edition. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I wish I did have that previous recording because Dan and I didn't get into a lot. But I wanted to touch on every topic that we did talk about and every point that I had with some brief comments from Dan. So hopefully uh, you're able to enjoy hearing my voice uh, for approximately just under this 20 minutes here of the Top Shelf Edition season finale, season two, episode 15. And when it comes to October, there will be a season three. Technically, it is season six of hockey. We've been doing the hockey edition for the Game Sports Show going into six years now. The Game Sports Show has been, sports show, sorry, has been around since 2015, but we started doing hockey shows in late 2016, and there was going in towards 2017. So officially as a season, it is season six, but it has been talked about on radio for seven years. Six years of hockey editions itself, seven years of talking hockey in multiple segments here on the Game Sports Show. We have had to have had the pleasure in joining it with you every each way, and we appreciate the support. But Top Shelf Season 2, this is the, the finale, episode 15, 15 episodes. We'll be back in October for early October, late September even, is what I should say, for a season preview, season three, episode one. Technically the sixth season, but also technically the seventh year of talking hockey on the Game Sports Show. A lot of technicalities in there. One, six, and seven. Those are the numbers that you just need to remember for the Game Sports Show when it comes to the top shelf edition. It has been great. I appreciate what everyone does here on the Game Sports Show in terms of the hockey edition, especially with Dane, with Alex Parr, Justin Heichel. Alex Flood does a great job, not only just on these shows, but all other shows, including the video uploads for the special edition uploads, Brendan Brooks, Scott Nason. We got a crew here on the Game Sports Show, and we have a lot more editions still coming up this summer. We're going to have more Strike Zone editions, the 1400 AM editions. Soon to be in September, you're going to be having In the Pocket come back, and like I said, just around the corner from that, hockey. And of course, we have our full-time edition, and we are going to be talking more basketball on the show as well. Oh my goodness, lots of content still going on and upcoming. Vacation this year has been basically non-existent, which is great because we're able to provide everything that you desire from baseball, hockey, football, basketball, soccer, everything that you require all in one spot here on the Game Sports Show. And speaking of one spot, go over to the TGM Network YouTube channel, variety of podcast categories and content for you to enjoy. If you're interested in doing a podcast, reach out to yours truly. I will air your content for free on the TGM Network YouTube channel. Just reach out to me and we'll talk further. Speaking of Top Shelf, I want to know everything that we talked about here on the show today. Well, I guess I should say I talked about here on the show today. Comment below in terms of your feedback any point that we brought up or anything that you want to bring up in general or future topics that you want me to talk for the upcoming season for the National Hockey League. It's been great talking hockey for this season. We'll be back when the puck drops next year, but there's still more game sports or content, as I mentioned, to come your way. I want to remind listeners here that not only to support us on those platforms, but also social media, all the content gets up there as well. And to make sure that you stay safe and enjoy the remainder of your summer, especially if you're in Canada, it goes by too quick. So enjoy it. Again, thank you for tuning in to the second part of the show. It's been the Strike Zone Top Shelf Edition combined. This has been Top Shelf for this portion. And I'm here to remind you, keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.